Hello everyone, Jeffrey Smith and Happy New Year coming up soon and I wanted to give you some good news that you probably are happy to hear. There is good news. Good news from 2020 with respect to GMOs and organic. You know, next year, starting in January, we've been my 25th year as an activist uh, in the area of GMOs. And I got to tell you, a lot of the good news this year is a big I told you so to the industry, things that we have been saying for years and doing for years and now successful, we're demonstrating and we have mainstream understanding about plenty of the things that we've talked about, even though the biotech industry never admits it. And one of the things that is, I think, among the greatest achievements for 2020 is a result of a poll of global consumers, huge poll, and it showed, among other things, that 48% of consumers around the world do not try to do think that GMOs will be most likely bad for their health over the next 20 years. So most, so 48%, about half of the world's population believes that GMO foods are unsafe for their health. Now, this is in huge contrast to what it was like 25 years ago when I started. No one knew what, is, what a GMO was. And when I started the Institute for Responsible Technology in 2003, there were no other nonprofits who were talking about the health dangers beyond three or four sentences. Don't ask me to repeat those sentences. I'd seen them for years and they were very ineffectual. So we focused on the health dangers, the book Seeds of Deception, my tours in 45 countries, and that and other people picking up the behavior change messaging that we helped pioneer has now convinced 48% of the world's population and 51% specifically in the United States that GMOs are unsafe. This is huge news. This is outstanding. Now, um, among the GMOs that we've talked about, that I've written about, etc., GMO salmon turned out to be a potential catastrophe. I uh, reported years ago on a fast-growing salmon that was similar to the one that um, is being introduced or being planned to be introduced into the human food supply in the United States, it already has in Canada, by Aqua Bounty, that, it, that the outdoor release of this salmon could result in a crash or extinction of salmon from the ocean and the FDA review of the salmon which was designed to be a fast track was so poor and so ridiculous that a court viewed it as illegal that they did not take into advantage take into account the environmental consequences of the salmon release and so that has been blocked thank you to our dear friends at Center for Food Safety. Woohoo! So salmon is not going to be on our plates in the United States very soon. Um, and another industry uh, myth that we have been challenging, in the olden days, back when I was starting out, the biotech industry claimed that any release of GMOs into the environment would be quickly erased because the GMOs would have a survival disadvantage and that over time, we'd end up restoring 
a pristine gene pool. So they were pretending that they were in favor of keeping the nature of nature, but they didn't have any data to back up their claims that a GMO in the wild would die off. Well, research came out this year showing the opposite, that once released into the wild, GMOs can be more likely to proliferate. The crops can have more seeds or more tendency to survive. And also the generation after it's released, it could alter in ways that are completely unpredictable, making any safety assessment completely irrelevant because the genome can change spontaneously. So all of their, their protestations about our concerns about the environmental impact turn out to be based on uh, disinformation. Now, um, the trials and the settlements for the Roundup cases are moving forward. The appeals court for Lee Johnson, you remember Lee was the uh, first trial against GMOs for non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. He was in Benicia School District as a groundskeeper. He had a terminal uh, diagnosis for non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, so they rushed his case to trial before others, and he was awarded $295 million by the jury. The, the, the judge has reduced it since. But like the other two trials, Monsanto Bear continues to attack it in court, attacking it at each next level, and the next level, which was the appeals court, upheld the decision by the local court, uh, blocking, uh, yet again, Monsanto Bear's appeal. Um, now, in that trial, a lot of documents came out verifying that the tests that were done in the United States for glyphosate and Roundup were fraudulent and completely uh, ridiculous. I mean, I, I don't want to go into it, but totally fraudulent. New information came out this year showing that research done in Germany, in German labs on glyphosate, the chief poison in Roundup, was also fraudulent. Now, because of the increased attention on the cancer-causing characteristics of glyphosate, a lot of rejection has occurred. Communities have rejected glyphosate. Mexico says they're going to phase it out. And its, it's future looks does not look bright. Um, and in fact, I was able to, to publish a talk aimed at the Bayer shareholders meeting, although it was during the pandemic and I wasn't able to attend in person as planned, I actually released um, a video and testified on, a, uh, on an alternative live stream. And I warned Bayer, I warned that, the, um, that if they don't step up and either remove glyphosate completely and or completely open up their documents to show what Monsanto was hiding that future juries would give them punitive damages that were very, very severe and that they would face bankruptcy. Because there's other diseases associated with Roundup and other and glyphosate, and that the amount of people, which was over 125,000, that are part of the plaintiff group charging uh, that they got their non-Hodgkin's lymphoma from Roundup, that that number is tiny compared to the number of people who suffer from other diseases that are created by Roundup. So I laid all this out 
saying they have to come clean, they have to do the research, etc., that the independent scientists have told them to do years ago, and if it shows that it's linked to these diseases, they need to pull it off the market. In fact, I said they should take it off right away, but as a last-ditch effort, they should at least do the research in case they're resistant. Anyway, we now have more evidence. More evidence came out linking Roundup as an endocrine disruptor. Endocrine disruptors operate at tiny, tiny amounts. So you can have parts per trillion, and we know parts per trillion of glyphosate causes non-Hodgkin's, no, causes non-alcoholic fatty liver disease in rats. And maybe the reason why 30 or 35% of US citizens have non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. Now, back in 2005, Seralini, who's been doing more research on GMOs and Roundup than anyone, found that glyphosate and Roundup had endocrine disrupting properties. And that one of, it, one of the things that it could do was disrupt aromatase, which creates the balance between estrogen and testosterone, so it could affect reproductive health. Well, the Environmental Protection Agency ignored that evidence. They ignore all low-dose effects. And this year, a review paper out of Argentina showed that Roundup was, in fact, an endocrine disruptor. It fulfilled eight out of the 10 requirements, and they said flatly it disrupts endocrines, which means it messes up our hormones. So we've been talking about this. Now we have much greater evidence. And also several studies that came out this summer verified the reproductive problems of Roundup and glyphosate in a variety of animals. And, and, and it showed that there were problems in the ovaries and the uterus, and it drew the attention and it began to the aromatase, which we knew about 15 years ago because of Seralini. Now, another class of GMO uh, crops are the BT crops, not the ones that spray with Roundup, the ones that produce their own toxic insecticide called BT, which stands for Bacillus thuringiensis. Now, BT toxin is used, it's, it's from soil bacteria, it's used by organic um, farmers. You can spray it on crops and it will kill certain insects by breaking holes in their guts and killing them, and then it'll wash off and degrade in the sun. But genetic engineers place the genes from that bacterium into corn and cotton and soybeans, and they produce it, the BT toxin, at thousands of times the level that is found in the spray. It doesn't wash off because it's encapsulated in the cells. It doesn't biodegrade. It's eaten. So it, we think it's extremely dangerous. But also, by putting out this insecticide it's in so many millions of acres, we had been predicting that the insects would outsmart the Monsanto's toxins and develop resistance. And it has been such, we have been so true, so accurate in that, that the EPA now proposes to phase out nearly all BT corn and cotton. Because there's the BT corn and cotton is in the United States, the soybeans are in South America. So they want to phase out maybe 40 varieties of BT corn because it's failing in the fields. Speaking of failing in the fields, um, I remember talking to a former Monsanto scientist who said, we need GMOs because we need them for the developing countries like India. Well, I've reported in the past that the BT cotton was a disaster with uh, maybe a quarter of a million BT cotton farmers committing suicide after 
borrowing money from on the secondary market from loan sharks and turns out it was an absolute disaster because they weren't getting the yields. Sometimes it was a complete failure economically. Well, now a, a panel, international panel of scientists in August, evaluated the 18 years of BT cotton in India and showed that it has completely failed. So all of the rhetoric that had been put out by the industry that it was such a success turns out to be disinformation. In, di in addition, the industry is still banging the drum that GMOs increase yields. Trolls online still say, well, now we know that GMOs increase yields. It turns out they are still failing to increase yields. And that is, that is completely clear based on peer-reviewed published studies and case studies, etc., all over the world. Uh, fortunately, Mexico is seeing the light and has said no to GMO corn. And there, people during the pandemic are now saying yes to organic, realizing that what they eat is so important for their health and immune system, the demand for organic has been through the roof. And we also found out that when you switch to organic, your glyphosate levels in your urine can drop by 70% in just three days. So please eat organic and stay organic. Now, it was also discovered this year that organic farming of soy, corn, and wheat is more profitable than GMOs, and that the, according to the, let's see, the Mercaris Commodity Outlook, the number of certified organic operations in the U.S. will reach 19,888, a 4% increase this year. Organic corn livestock feed is projected to increase 6%. Organic soybean crush is projected to increase 13%. Soybean planted areas expanded 19% and corn 8%. Now we talked about, now let's talk about GMOs 2.0 and our Protect Nature Now campaign. We've been talking about the dangers of gene editing and the study came out this year showing that gene edited embryos can create chromosomal mayhem. Huge changes that are unpredicted can occur in the human genome when you use gene editing. Now, the same type of changes can occur in animals and also similarly in plants. But the FDA, when they came out surprisingly this year saying we need to have strong regulation for gene edited animals, it didn't mention the plants because of probably the lobby of the biotech industry and the USDA. What also, what's also interesting is that the scientists who did gene edit actual human embryos, and there's now twins born with um, gene-edited genome, he was sentenced to three years in jail. But people that genetically engineer corn or soy or microbes, people turn a blind eye. And if you think about microbes as we have, they're actually more dangerous to the planet and to humans than editing the genes of higher organisms. So go to protectnaturenow.com and watch the two-minute trailer for a film we're releasing next year highlighting the dangers of GMO microbes. So that's some good news looking backwards on the changes relating to GMO foods and the plans we have going next year are about locking down GMO microbes to start. Okay, everyone, safe eating and Happy New Year.
Thank you for listening to Live Healthy, Be Well. Please subscribe to the podcast using whatever app you listen to podcasts with. Or go to livehealthybewell.com to subscribe. This podcast will inform you about health dangers, corporate and government corruption, and ways we can protect ourselves, our families, and our planet. I interview scientists, experts, authors, whistleblowers, and many people who have not shared their information with the world until now. Please share the podcast with your friends. It will enlighten and may even save lives. Safe eating.